beginning transmission 124 manifest destiny file under Andy Wilson one このポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。ステックのシュドリンクス。イッチウィークアマトレイバンドコミックリーダーズスラッシュアマチュアニュースアシオートマンガとピアカクテルバーです。オールワイルトライングトナットサウン
And um, I went back and looked at my overall count, and I'm like, well, shit. Because my goal was I didn't want to go over 900 this year. Uh-huh. So, and I, I, the likelihood of me only buying two more comics by the end of the year is uh, next to nothing. So, I'm at 775. That. Okay. Okay. I feel a little less bad. I don't, Maya's is probably ridiculous, but you know, it's over 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Super God. That's saying over here. That's the, my, my favorite, new favorite thing ever. So, there's a, a song by this uh, Australian group, and the song's called Big Enough. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's it's. I first thought they were a joke, but no, it's a serious video. Uh, but they're just horrible. And there's this part where there's like this this guy who's like Native American or like Mexican with a ha- cowboy hat on in the sky, like screaming. And uh-huh. so they've taken that audio and they've put it over different things. So they did it for like Jurassic World with the dinosaurs screaming. But uh-huh. the best I've seen was they do is like this meme that says, "So what is this Dragon Ball Z show actually about?" And then it's all the characters screaming, but doing that voice off the tag you in on Facebook. It's that absolutely hilarious. Funny. I've, they've got dozens of these things now. I've been watching them nonstop and getting stuck in Maya's head and he He's hates addicted. me. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Screaming Goats? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a DJ at work because um, they'd done some Screaming Goats remixes. Like there was the Taylor Swift song where oh, they, they, repl- they replaced the hay with that. I got him to play that for the crowd. And it was great because the crowd started listening to the song and they start dancing. All of a sudden they hear the scream and then they like, <laughs> they're looking around me like, what is that? And then I, I sampled it for him and gave him a copy of it. So he had it on a hot button as well. So he was dropping it in wherever he wanted as well. And like we were both just sitting there re- laughing ridiculously at this crowd at this club, just like losing it, being like, where is this weird scream coming from? <laughs> It was very enjoyable. I, I talked that DJ into doing other weird, horrible things. I, yeah, I, we mess with crowds a lot. I don't know. We get bored, I guess. Anyway, I knew you were trouble when you walked in, okay. Brian. That's true. <laughs> trouble. I know. Trouble. Oh man, I, I, I'm, I don't know what I'm more disappointed about: the fact that you made that reference, or the fact that I understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little heartbreaking. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. Hey, welcome to episode. I think this is 124. Uh, if I, my notes are correct. Sure. Um, yeah, wow. I'll call it 124. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, yeah, 124. Do the Mission Impossible thing and just give it names and stop using numbers. Yeah, we could do that. But I, you know, I'm a little proud of the the number fact. I just don't keep track of them. But you know, you it's kind of nice. Know. Really funny. But, is Cinema Queens when this episode comes out, we will mm-hmm. be putting out episode 24. So we're a hundred wow. episodes behind this one. Wow. <laughs> nice. Future Brian, cut all that out, including Todd's completely wrong language joke. Well, I speak everything but Greek, and that's Greek to me. What up, Ching? Okay. Thank you, ladies and germs. I'll be here all weekend, two shows Saturday. Okay. He's a little preemptive on his dad jokes, but he's got him rolling. We got Mr. Todd. Hey, I'm Todd here in Utah. You can find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater as a panelist. I also do English class hooligans with my better half, Amy. Hi, Hi Amy. Amy. Hi, Amy. I do it as well with the um, cat herder himself, Brian. It's where we do voluntary book reports on classic books, and we discuss whether or not they deserve it. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. If you That's see it. me around, say hi. Yes. And that'll be fun. Okay. <laughs> Adam gets me. <laughs> it's a it's a video of all the Pokemon from Pokemon Go going yes, <laughs> and one of them goes. Yes. So I was at the. Salt Lake Farmers Market last weekend, and you know how these build the little um, A-frame sandwich boards with things on it. There was an inspirational quote, and then it just attributed it to Mewtwo. I've seen that before. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So Pokemon in the wild. Our Lord and Savior Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mew, Mew I, the I, second. 
See, that is a reference I completely do not get at all. Like, that's just, I have no idea. It's okay, honey. I it's just it's with the franchise that's made more money than Star Wars. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I completely missed Pokemon as a, as a child and as an adolescent. I was just like slightly too old for it. Yeah. But my kids got way into it. And so now I know everything about Pokemon. <laughs> we went in and we, we pre-ordered the, the Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu uh, already. Go, so like it, it's happening. It's yep. happening. Okay, well, they're both Pikachu and Eevee lovers. We'll start out with Mr. Maya. Hi, I'm Maya. Uh, you can catch me here on Funny Books and Firewater and on Twitter at Mr. Maya and Instagram the Mr. Maya. All right. Let's talk about this. And stuff. Um, and the Pikachu to his Mewtwo. Um, <laughs> sure, I'll take that. There yeah. we are. Yeah, uh, we have Mr. Adam. Hey, what's up, everyone? Adam, uh, reviews editor over at Big Shiny Robot. Still trying to figure out what we're doing with Board of Hell with Andy. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. Hi, everybody. And that really that really puffs my jigglies. <laughs> that really wiggles my tuff. <laughs> uh, and then we also I you feel can funny now. Find me. I always feel funny. Welcome to my life. <laughs> uh, and then you can always find me over at Cinema Queens with our good friend Chris. Hey, Chris. Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And doing other shenanigans up here in Salt Lake City, Utah. You can follow me on Twitter at Sithbot, S I T H B O T underscore. Awesome. And of course, we have the reason why we're all here this month the birthday boy himself, Mr. Andy Wilson. Hey, everybody. Hi, Andy. That, hey, Andy. that really <laughs> snores my laughs. <laughs> I had to reach for that one. Uh, I, you can find my writings about movies and comics and all other sorts of things over at Graphic Policy. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Citizen Andy. And uh, it's coming soon, the Hall of Greatness, which I will tell you more about when we get to our suggestion section. Um, and hey, uh, I'm Brian. I'm a uh, sound designer based out of Southern California. Um, and yeah, just waiting for stuff i can talk about most of it i can never can because i work for big evil corporation but that's how it goes um so before we step into this uh we got a letter from mr william we won't give you our last name out william but we uh, this is from a couple weeks ago uh because we're reading like we're recording ahead of time this email it's a little not bit out, live it's not live no we have lives and you know i need time to edit and all sorts of things. Uh, so William said, one, just wanted to say I love the reads for this summer. So I think, Andy, you should take some credit for that. Thank you, William. Um, You're welcome. Uh, second, he says that uh, you guys should suggest a drinking game for listening to the podcast. Examples <laughs> are uh, take a drink every time someone says a Manny Bothans joke. Uh, or take a drink whenever <laughs> someone calls Adam a cum dumpster. Uh, Adam there are many others out there. Himself doing that. Yes, yeah, so we're going to start working on that. Thank you, William, for that suggestion. Uh, if you have any other suggestions for drinking game rules, by all means, email us, uh, funnybooksandfirewater at gmail, or uh, you can do as William did and go to our website and find the comment section and send it to us. And then the other thing he had is information on, we had discussed a drink at a restaurant called El oh, Chihuahua. Yep, I've been there. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so we had some. Uh, basically, it's a from, to fill you back in. It's a very, very large fishbowl of a drink, which we did not think was legal in Utah. So 
Uh, William writes, Lastly, I wanted to help clarify why El Chihuahua can serve Death Stars. They have been serving the drink since they opened before it was the current law came into effect, and thus can operate on a grandfather license, which lets them serve their special drink, but each guest can only have two of the regular ones or one extra strong one. Uh, downside, though, is that they cannot transfer license to another location or hold it if they make major changes to the current location. Uh, they are also not allowed the license to lapse uh, or they will lose the ability to have such great drinks. Hope that helps. Much love, William. So thank you very much for your email, William. We appreciate the info. And uh, Yeah, I was going to interject in. Um, in Salt yeah. Lake here, there was that old Lamb's Cafe that was around forever in a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had briefly let their license lapse and they lost their grandfathered license and they permanently shut their doors because they wouldn't be granted it back. And they couldn't change the infrastructure of their place physically enough for the new alcohol. I love rules. that place. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. So Lambs closed its doors because of the like a three day lapse of their liquor license. I just love this idea that there yeah. are grandfathered liquor licenses. It's like back in my day, we could have large, strong drinks in Salt Lake City, <laughs> like the Death Star. And it's like, you know, if we actually think about it. It's a really relatively recent phenomenon that we've gone like full nanny state with the booze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's just yeah. so funny to me because it's like I take my kids to Applebee's here in Austin and there's a bar right in the middle of the restaurant. And if I want a giant alcohol something, I could get it. The bar's right there. If you want a bowl of yeah, I, like yeah. I don't even because I don't drink, and it's so funny. Like I'm like, huh, well, there's the bar right in the middle of this restaurant. Obviously, now we're all becoming alcoholics. It's like, oh, Utah. One, one thing I didn't realize until I moved out of Utah was is that at most Chuck E. Cheese's they serve beer. Oh yeah, that would make that experience. So oh, yeah, much the parents need it to get through the experience. Definitely. Well, and the funny thing is, is that I was watching. There was a YouTube video that had like over the course of a month. Maybe it might have even been on like the Daily Show, or whatever. Over the course of a month, they showed every news article about a family having a fight that the police had to be called for at um, at the Chuck E. Cheese. Like every family disintegration, they showed like within like the course of a month, and it was like seven or eight times that it happened um, around the country. I'm talking yeah. and I approve of that message. <laughs> you like watching families fight in, uh, like drunkenly and uh, at a kid's birthday party? You know, it's kind of like if you go to the house of the mouse and you watch people come out of this great family vacation and they melt down. It's just. Oh, yeah, good. no. You watch families being destroyed by the end of that evening. Oh, yeah. Because it's so damn expensive. It's like, you will have fun, damn it. I spent a lot of money for you to have fun. So I'm coming out to California next week to go to a ball game. And I was just looking around, and the Grand California and like the cheap seats there, the Grand California is like six hundred bucks a night. Yeah, you're also there right in the middle of the summer. Uh, so, uh, speaking of alcoholic beverages, uh, we will jump jump into our drinking game rules. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Um, and Maya, I know you have a drinking game rule because you stole mine. So do you want to go ahead and lead off? Uh, sure. Uh, my drinking game is called That's Not a Minotaur. Um, there will be some, some moments in this book where uh, minotaurs get brought up and people say that, that they're, they're not a minotaur, what, what they're being described as. 
Uh, so Getting the semantic arguments yeah. over it. You're a minotaur. So uh, anytime that ha- that was trying like my least spoilery way of trying to put that, but anytime that happens, take a drink. Mine. Uh, I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but does anybody remember picture page? Oh yeah. Yeah. So mine is picture page, picture page. It's time to do a picture page is the name of my rule. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it was a little uh, kids show that uh, they would draw a picture and the host was the one and only Bill Cosby. Uh, so <laughs> that whole thing has a little bit of a darker twist now. But uh, every time Lewis wants to stop and draw something, take a drink. Adam, I know you have another musical title uh, for uh, yours. Yeah, mine is you're an asshole, an asshole. Every time Clark is a dick, take a drink. Oh, Which is throughout the entire book. Yep. Uh, and Mr. Andy, what's your drinking game rule? Mine's also musical. It's it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Anytime there is red or green used to depict an act of violence, and there are many, take a drink. <laughs> you you are a mean person. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. mean. By the end of the book, it's beginning to look a lot like fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Mr. Todd. Why do we bring those guys again? (laughs) So as they're starting their journey and whatnot, you've got these different characters they're looking at. It's like, oh, look at all these jail rapist killers. Why do we bring them along again? (laughs) (laughs) Take a drink. Okay, doke. There are a lot of characters. You're wondering why they're along for the ride, and then one of them pieces it all together for you in a lovely little thing. So now is the time in which we take a vote on the count of three that we will all say whether or not we feel like it is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time and money and effort to go and hunt this book down and read it. Uh, That includes you, William. We want to make sure this is the right book for you. Uh, So on the count of three, yay or nay, one, two, three. Yes. Is that unanimous? I didn't hear any nays. Nay, nay. No, it was all yes. First you yeah. quit. Okay. And then you nay nay? And then you nay nay. And then I quit the podcast. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> if I survive many podcasts. That's true. Take a drink. Uh, take a drink, William. Um, <laughs> so, anybody have... Uh, I guess we haven't even discussed what this book is about, actually. Um, What's it so called? Yeah. It's called Manifest... <laughs> we haven't even finished the book. Holy crap. 25 wow. minutes in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is a book called uh, Manifest Destiny. Uh, this is Volume 1, Flora and Fauna. It's an ongoing series. How old is this, Andy? Uh, a couple years, I think. I think they're on Volume 5 now, so... Are they? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so the general idea is is that Lewis and Clark are going on their expedition to uh, the West, and it's not exactly what they taught you in your history books. They're actually monster hunters, and they're going out there to clear the West of, hun- of uh, all sorts of demons and monsters so that the... Uh, American people can rest safe and move west and uh, take over that land. Ahem. A white people. Oh, but I, yes. It, yes, white people. I apologize. Yes. Yep. Is, standing is, white Americans. Is, isn't that the only people? Right. <laughs> the only people that matter. <laughs> At the time, yeah, probably that's what they considered. Uh, but yeah, the so that's, that's still the not okay. That's true. They had those three fifths of people. They had those. The, so. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Sacagawea is in here as well. Thank you for that shame. Uh, that would be another drinking game rule. Every time the, shrink, the shame bell comes out, for sure, would have to be a drinking game rule. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're working on it, William. Send us more suggestions. Oh, and Mr. Porg. Wow. We're going to fuck you up, William. <laughs> William does not want to go drinking with us. That's, uh, we are bad influences. I think uh, William does want to go drinking with us. Yeah, I'll go to El Chihuahua with you. 
I'll I'll be out there for Comic Con, William. Let us know. Which is coming up soon, actually. When this airs, it's like a week away. Right. Yeah. So next week, I'll be there. You know how to get a hold of me, William. Um, so Grinder. Cool. <laughs> Grinder, I hardly know her. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. Uh, don't call me Shirley. So, I mean, is there anything else? Any other forewarnings, Andy? I don't think so. It's not for kids. It is mature. It is. Yeah. It is mature, yes. <laughs> And mature as in uh, there are some gory things in it, not as a mature like the rest of us, like as we are definitely not mature. No. Oh, but, no, not at all. No. And there's talk of stuff running out of some lady's yep. cunny. Yeah, that happens a couple there's times. There's some boobs. There's oh, minotaur yeah. boobs. There are minotaur boobs. Would you consider boobs. those boobs because there weren't nipples? I don't know. Boobs. Well, it... Just keep me... It's, it's definitely not for kids. Like, we've done some, like, Vader down and stuff that anyone could read. No, but this, this one is, is not, not for children. Bad. Not for the well, it's not, I wouldn't even say. It. I mean, it, the faint of heart could probably handle it, but you know, there are some. My teenager self would have giggled. Yeah, that's your, your current self probably giggled. <laughs> Thank you. No, I think me as a teenager would have enjoyed this quite a bit. I would have been like, "Ooh, what a naughty little treat!" And I'm learning about history. <laughs> See, I don't I'm, know. Right? I'm gonna read this again. <laughs> What I would really love is for somebody to go in and talk about Lewis and Clark and, and basically base it off of this book. Would be like the greatest thing And then ever. they found the plant oh, zombie that people. Would that would, then there were minotaurs. <laughs> yep. Ooh, we're, so we're starting to get spoilery before okay, the break. So we'll, we'll take a break yes. and then we'll give our book report uh, after we get back. Uh, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Hi, we're Rebecca and Charity. We get together every once in a while to talk about food and our mental health journeys. Join us on Spoonful of Podcast as we discuss such compelling subjects as cinnamon rolls, depression, European Twinkies, ADHD, what's a kalashi, and more. Tune in every two weeks to follow along with the Tasty Podcast for the Healthily Mental. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to hear us every other week. A proud member of the Hello Sweetie Podcast Network. Yeah, I think you have to add Mr. Porgan as part of the drinking game rules. We could even have a uh, non-alcoholic drinking game rule. But so my brother kid, because that's what he is. Uh-huh. Well, they had a contest at high school. They did this one weekend during the winter time, and the idea was run till you puke. Is you would um, drink eight ounces of eggnog, and then you would sprint a lap. And oh. then once you stopped, you would drink another eight ounces of eggnog and Ugh. sprint a lap. Teenagers are stupid. And you just do that until you throw up. He's like, some people just can't throw up. I'm like, no, 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 no. Everybody. Yeah. Will retch to that at some point. Yeah. See, in high school, how we did it was (laughs) we thought in Provo, Utah, (laughs) in high school, um, we would play the Star Wars drinking game. We, We had a copy of it that we downloaded from the internet on AOL in 1995. Nice. Prodigy? And, yeah. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> and uh, then what we do is we just have, you know, soda and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially a steel bladder competition. Oh, there were so okay. many rules on there. And we'd watch the entire trilogy. And it's like, if you can make it past the Death Star, you've, uh, you're, you're probably cheating. But, <laughs> probably have a stadium pal or something. Yeah, something like that. I had a friend of mine in high school 
who um, he had a very small dog and uh, he was he was wearing basketball shorts and he was playing with the dog with the ball and teasing or whatever and he had the ball like right in front of him and the dog jumps up to bite it and he moves and the dog missed the ball but it grabbed onto two other ones that were attached to him and then the weight of the small dog caused the bag that was attached to him to shred a little bit so he had to go in and have surgery to put that back together so he made the mistake of telling me because i am a lovely and kind individual that oh, yeah. uh, he was not allowed to laugh and or get an erection he was on medication because that would be either very painful or the fact that he was also if he laughed he would wet himself because he had to wear a diaper because he had no so control if over you were it. getting reconstructive ball sack surgery did he yeah. just have like two softballs put in there just because I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I remember him telling us that the, he did a test and, and he could, in fact, bear children. He still, to this day, does not have children, so I don't know if that was a lie or not. But, um, but so, I, uh, I would basically just sit there at lunch and just tell him as many jokes as I could to try to just make him pee himself. Like that was basically what I did. Um, <laughs> what an asshole! I, well, you. at least you didn't try and give him an erection. That would have been worse. I think I put so. something. I think I put like the the uh, because we were locker partners or something. I, I, it was like a Baywatch calendar. It was like it was like the the swimsuit issue because I mean, we were still good Mormon kids. But sure. I think it was like the swimsuit issue of like uh, Sports Illustrated. I think we put that up. I Which, okay, the first swimsuit issue where they had painted on swimsuits. Oh yeah, I remember that too. So okay, every once in a while, I have a moment where I go, "Wait, what the fuck were my parents thinking?" And I had one recently when I realized that when my parents got a subscription to Sports Illustrated, it came with a free video of the making of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. My mother deliberately gave that to me as a gift. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, what did she want? What did she think I was going to be using this for? Like, it was all of a sudden it was like, I mean, and like, she knew I was a big fan of Kathy Ireland and like that, she gave uh -huh. it to me deliberately. And I was like, I look back at it and go, what the hell, mom? And I'm, I'm not brave enough to actually bring it up because it's just too awkward and weird. But like, that, that was a just a disturbing strange. moment. Deny it. I love you, mom. The other thing, Here, son, like, have some soft core pornography. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I'm not aware of it, you're fine. I just, yeah, it was just weird, man. I just looking back, I was like, what the hell was she thinking? But and like, my mom may not have thought twice about it. It may have just been like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, didn't even think about it. But like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a deliberate choice or not. Let's it was go very with strange. that one. Let's, I'm let's surprised my uh, parents let me watch Stripes as often as I did as a youngster. <laughs> the one with Bill Murray and whatnot. Wow. I watched that the other day and I'm like, holy shit. There's like naked mud wrestling. I mean, it's awesome, but my eight and nine-year-old self sure did not appreciate that enough. It's one of those things, too, where it's like there were a lot of TV shows that I watched edited on television, and then you see them as an adult, and you're like, holy shit. I didn't know all this stuff was in this movie originally. Yeah, even Big. It Big drops the F-bomb. Well, Big, he actually gets to fill up a girl on there. I know. Yeah. I remember that part, too. Yep. Yeah, because the scene where he turns off the light and then turns it back on. Uh -huh. I hope that happens at Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. hilarious. Oh, Shazam. my God. Spe speaking of 80s comic book movies, you guys remember Howard the Duck with the naked duck nipples? No. Uh -oh. Yep. Yeah, and and then Howard gets <laughs> like a yeah. I still have a crush on Leah Thompson. Yeah. I'll admit to that. Well, and Howard gets that like a uh, feather erection on the top of his head. So there you go. Like, <laughs> boing, yeah. boing, boing, boing. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that was was going on with a little kid from uh, Little Rascals. <laughs> Alpha Alpha. Yeah. Not Spanky. No. no. Oh, okay. Spanky's a different thing that Adam does. Um, Don't we? Anyway. All? Yeah. Yeah. He's a little Spanky. Give us a little slap and pickle. 
When you get off the masturbation, share masturbation experiences. Yeah, we're not no, discussing okay. that. So manifest destiny. So manifest destiny. Manifest destiny. Uh, sometimes I wonder about you. Um, <laughs> what did I do? So manifest destiny. Uh, does anybody want to give a general summary of it? Uh, so basically, yeah, Lewis and Clark are were paid by the government to go on their expedition like they did in real life, but they heard stories from was it President Jefferson that there were monsters out back east. So they uh, brought the army with them. They hired a bunch of murderers and told them basically, if you do this with us, you'll all be pardoned uh, to go and forge this trail and so, like, kind of settle. They were the first suicide squad. First suicide squad, exactly, <laughs> to go settle this. So they go on... Um, they're trying to get to this fort. They go on land. They get attacked by this minotaur, which is like a, it's like a buffalo minotaur kind of thing. It's not a minotaur. Yeah, it's not a minotaur. <laughs> uh, they that tears people apart. They eventually get to the camp they're trying to get to, uh, the fort, and no one's there. They break down some barriers and find out that inside are these weird like zombie people that have been taken over by some kind of plant. They find out from the only survivors that uh, people went into the forest. They got infected. The only thing that can kill them tr- truly is fire. All of a sudden, this guy shows up with Sacagawea, who's uh, basically his wife, and they decide they need to go into the forest to... How are they going to the forest again? Well, they need to continue going forward, but they're also trying to get back to their boat to to pay this guy and whatnot. Right, so they send send a group of people in the forest to distract... Oh, no, they were going to distract the monsters, but uh, Sacagawea killed them all. So instead, they're going to go in and try to destroy all that... Whatever's causing all the, the evil vegetation stuff to happen. Lewis and Clark find right because that that's their yeah. mission is like they're supposed to go find all of these monsters and, and kill them so that nice white people can come and colonize yeah, like, the like land. Like we did in real life. Right. Uh, eventually, they like find this life. giant plant that actually is like a creature from another universe or galaxy that's a, a, a god. There, it tries to eat Lewis and Clark, and Lewis has really weird dreams about sex with people who start to kill him before Sacagawea saves them. Oh, because they told well, Sacagawea. So, she, no, it's but uh, no, it's Lewis has. Sexy dreams, and Clark has like violent dreams of the Native Americans killing him. After okay, that's what it was. Uh, and the second yeah. Julia saves her asses. They go back to the ship and to be continued, kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. That so. should be a drinking game. Is anytime second Julia saves everybody. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, I actually really liked this book. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a fun, monstery sort of little jaunt. And I mean, for me, it read really fast. I don't know if anybody else read that way. Oh no, it was, it was a really oh, quick yeah. read. Yeah, and quick read. I didn't know what it was about because, like, Maya read it first. Uh, so I was like, "Hey, so what is this about?" And he's like, "Oh, it's basically Lewis and Clark, but like retconned with monsters." And I love that kind of stuff. Like, even though mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was a shitty movie, I still had fun with it because I like that kind of shit. So yeah. this was definitely like a book yeah. that was up my alley. Well, and like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is pretty fun as well. The book, at least, I don't know if they've made a film of it, but the book is fun. They I did. did it had yeah. that Smith in it from Doctor Who. Oh, really? Yeah, not very yeah, good. I'm, I'm, Was it any good? I'm also uh, a big fan of alternate history stuff and uh, like this and Manhattan Projects and Wolfenstein and mm-hmm. you know, this this hit all the right notes with me. Well, and, and we're getting uh, Overlord this fall from J.J. Abrams. Yeah. You know, that looks really which, cool. Which, it, isn't it technically low-key like in the Cloverfield universe but not quite or something weird like that? Yeah, supposedly. So we'll see. I'm excited for it. That just looks super looks cool. cool. It's like, yeah, we're invading Germany. We're going to storm the beaches at Normandy. And then there's monsters. Yay. As if the Nazis weren't bad. Enough. I know. I was about to say that. <laughs> hey, there, there are some good people among the Nazis. we got to remember that. They're very fine people. Very fine people. Like, very fine. Hey, hey, some of the monsters are fine people, too. 
They donated to my campaign. I, I am reading Frankenstein, Agent of Shield, and he is a very fine monster. I will say he's he he, uh, he quotes Keats in the book a couple times, so uh-huh. you know, very fine See? monster. If you quote Keats, you're not a bad person. And how about that Shape of Water monster? He was he was all good. Sure. You know. And E.T. Yeah. E. So an alien. E.T. The, yeah. the creature from the Black Lagoon gets some. Yep. I learned a weird thing about the creature from the Black Lagoon. And that is that uh, chlorine in your eyes while watching a 3D movie is really painful. Oh, is it? Yeah, I used to, when I was a swim team as a kid, they used to have a, a party and they would throw, uh, like, put a bunch of the scoreboards together and put sheets over the top of it when they would project movies. Uh, back, you know, when you could actually rent a projector and actual reels, reels of film, which is shocking that that was a thing. Um, and so we watched we watched Jaws 3, the one that takes place at SeaWorld, or a SeaWorld-like thing. And, of course, me and my friends beat him noxious like we were. Every time I heard the first dun-dun, we'd hit the water and start, like, swimming underneath. And then as soon as we were about ready to run out of breath, we figured that was about the end of it. We'd start pulling on people's legs as they were hanging on inner tubes and start dragging them underwater and scaring the crap out of everyone, which was fun. But then after that, when most people left, we watched a second movie, which was Creature from the Black Lagoon, which was a 3D movie. And 3D movies with chlorine in your eyes really hurts, like, (laughs) really bad. So just in case you're ever wondering, don't do that. I just... Don't recommend it. So, but yeah, Maya, what are your thoughts? I haven't heard much from you yet. Uh, no, I just I really liked it. Like I said earlier, it hit all the right notes for me just because I'm a big fan of alternate history stories. Um, I didn't, I had heard of this book, but I didn't know what it was about beyond having Lewis and Clark in it. So, when the the buffalo tar or and then the first like plant zombie showed up, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then I like, really got into it and I want to get volume two now. Yeah. That's the problem with doing the show. And that's part of the reason why I'm close to 900 books now is that like we read something random and all of a sudden I'm like, shit, now I got to go buy the other books. I don't know why that's an issue. I'm running out of sh- space. In fact, one of my plans for today is to actually reorganize all my shelves because I, and my, my organization is starting to fall apart because I don't have enough space for everything to go where it should go. So that's part of the problem. But anyway, Adam, I cut you off. Well, I was just going to say that the nice thing was that this one was uh, free on Comixology Unlimited, so I didn't look to see you know, which other ones are on there, but I know they've, they've started adding second trades, too, so it could be on there as well. So, Andy, you this was just recommended to you. You didn't you hadn't read this before. Yeah, and I, I had actually heard about this from, uh, from NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. Uh, an, another very hoity-toity podcast, and and I'm like, oh, that that sounds like it's right up my alley. So, uh, and if it was terrible, then I had something good to blame, and if it was good, I could be like, yeah, those those motherfuckers at NPR told me about it. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, I, right. I, I just looked it up. Uh, they're up to volume five in the trades right now, and volume six comes out in October. Are you on Comics uh, Book Database as well? Nope, I'm on Amazon. Oh, okay. Um, but this actually says The Flora and Fauna came out in 2014. Uh, volume 2 came out in 2015. Uh, volume 3 came out in 2016. Volume 4 came out in 2016. Volume 5 came out in 2017. Yeah, and they had an issue come out in May of this year, so there's still right. putting stuff out. And I think one of the things that I like about it is I, I like stuff that can be a, a little bit political and a little bit... <laughs> edgy in that way while not being like partisan like there's nothing in here about trump there's nothing in here about whatever but you know the entire idea of manifest destiny and well we're going to go out and you know 
displace a bunch of indigenous people and life forms in order to make way for white settlers. It's like, hey, you know, there is an interesting concept in there. And like, you know, in the same way that a lot of, uh, you know, space exploration drama has a lot of those same themes about like, when is colonization bad? Mm And, uh, and and can we and can we talk about that um, this is this is interesting although although they spend a lot more time here I think uh, definitely dealing with like uh, just sort of man versus nature stuff like this is not where we were necessarily meant to tread and maybe we should have uh, you know stayed back in our nice little villas on the east coast mm-hmm. which is also a thought so well and oddly I was just I was noticing this too, um, going back to the Weird Frankenstein book I'm reading, one of the things they have in there is uh, an idea of um, an alien race is basically their um, their resources are dried up and that's why they're trying to come in through another uh, dimension to come into our dimension to, you know, or into our, onto our planet to try to get stuff. I think you see in a slightly political way, you see more commentary on, hey, we're using up our natural resources and what do we do after that? You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they show that as as monsters being the, the ones and maybe sometimes we're the monsters that are taking things overnight. I don't know. I, that's It is an interesting political sort of idea as to you know, where where the, the who's right and who's wrong uh, uh, on that whole front is, you know, arguable on both ways but you know i thought it was really funny where they were like oh we should go try and maybe talk to the minotaurs (laughs) you know like uh you know that maybe maybe that is something um but then you have like the alien plant like yeah there there's actually no uh dealing with them and in fact they are the invader they're the invasive species and Mm -hmm. we're now like defending our home turf so it kind of flips the table no. on that which was nice did, did, I, did i miss something or i don't think i did i'm just making sure that there was no real connection between the plant zombies and the the, the non-minotaurs were there? no or did they just happen to, no. i don't think it so. just happened, it just happened that two weird sh- two weird like things were happening in the same place right exactly yeah yeah yeah, I think. I mean, which I will say, when I first started reading this, I was a little concerned that it would be like a creature of the week kind of thing, and I liked the fact that it didn't. It had more of a through line than that because I was a little worried of like, oh, this week it'll be the Minotaur, and the next week it'll be these plant zombies, and then the next week it'll be something else. And I like the fact that they there's a longer struggle with these different creatures, and that it wasn't going to be like one new monster per week kind of thing, you know. I also like yes. that there were like <laughs> layers of it. It wasn't, it was like, it would have been really easy yeah. for it to just be like, oh, they're zombies and it's an infection. We get rid of it. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's zombies and it's little shop of horrors. It's an alien plant that's trying to colonize yeah. us and, you know, and, and literally take over. And, uh, um, Adam, I don't know if, uh, I mean, I certainly saw a ton of parallels here with annihilation, which I know these things were. Oh, we're done yeah. parallel to one another, but I just couldn't stop thinking about that. No, it, it was it was very reminiscent of Annihilation, and and honestly, if if you listen to this and you haven't seen that movie, it's by the same director and writer of Ex Machina, and it's some of the best sci-fi, the most heady sci-fi I've seen in the last couple of years. So, it definitely one to check out. Well, Ex Machina, I think, just ended up on Netflix. Uh, I think I think Annihilation might be coming there soon because I know it came out about a month ago on Blu-ray and DVD. And it's one that like yeah, one I noticed. Uh, um, Ex Machina was like one of those popular on Netflix right now. It was on there well, and I thought that's where I'd seen, but I might have seen it on Amazon originally. 
but but yeah go check it out it's, it's really cool. check both of them out they're both really really good right you know it's also really good is my drink that's a segue sir we appreciate <laughs> that behold Mr. we finally fulfill the second half of our Mr. title Boom. and make with the fire Mr. water Anyway, so my drink is called Army Grog. Uh, and so you take a shaker full of ice, you add uh, one ounce of gold rum, one ounce of dark Jamaican rum, one ounce of uh, white rum, three quarter ounce of fresh lime juice, three quarter ounce of grapefruit juice, uh, one ounce of honey syrup, so equal parts honey and water, or you can do simple syrup, whatever works better for you. You shake the shit out of that, you pour it into a glass full of ice, and you top with soda water. No, that is why all the rum is gone. Yes, that drink has all. Well, and I just my my inspiration was because they kept on saying when they get back to the, the boat they're all going to get shit hammered on rum. So. Right, mm-hmm. like you do. I'm going to go with mine. Mine is uh, called the Bachelor's Button Bar- Martini. Bachelor's Button is actually a flower, and you're going to use this flower in the drink. So you're going to create a simple syrup uh, with the the petals. So you're going to use one half cups of sugar, one cup of water, and one fourth cup of Bachelor Button petals. You're basically going to um, to make the syrup, you're going to combine the sugar and the water and the bachelor's button petals into a small saucepan, and you're going to boil it on medium heat, stirring it occasionally, and you're going to simmer until the water or the sugar has dissolved, um, and then you're going to lower the heat and then keep it going for 10 to 15 more minutes, and then uh, to allow the petals to sort of steep in there, and then you'll let cool, and then you'll strain, and then after the syrup is cooled, you'll add it to the rest of your cocktail, which is uh, two ounces of gin, one and a half ounces of Lilit Blanc, which is a fortified wine, which is in uh, a um, Corpse Survivor number two, which is why I'm a fan of that, and I have some here. Uh, one quarter ounce of the simple syrup that you made, um, one ounce of lemon juice, one egg white, um, and you're going to use the carnation of a bachelor's button for garnish. Um, and so you're going to shake all those ingredients uh, or you get with a shaker over ice, and you're going to strain into a glass and garnish with your uh, bachelor's button petals, and that is your uh, your cocktail. Uh, Mr. Todd, do you have a drink? I do, but that drink you just described, I would screw it up. I would try to make it like four times and say yeah, That is it. super complicated. It's like, <laughs> holy chemistry set. Wow. It's not bad. No, you just, I mean, you're, you're basically, you're just making simple syrup, and then the rest is just a regular drink. So like, it's not that big <laughs> <laughs> So I bet it's tasty if I get past the gin part. But I, I should, to be fair, I did I did get it off of the uh, anthropology website. So you know, knowing how fancy and it's a little hoity-toity. One it is a little hoity-toity. I, I, that's fair. So there's my judgment about your. That's drink. fine. I'll take it. So that being said, I'm doing the um, I'm going to do a classic green drink, a Midori sour. Okay. Is what we're doing here, and what that is, it's got one and a half ounces of Midori melon liqueur, which has this nice strong green look to it. Two ounces of your favorite sour mix, one and a half ounces of fresh lime juice. So you put all of that in a shaker, you shake the shit out of it, put it in a low ball glass with ice, then you just top it off with a dash of lemon lime soda and put a maraschino cherry as garnish on that. Well, speaking of green drinks, yeah. Mr. Maya, what is your drink? I also have a green drink. It's, it's like called, we're reading about the Hulk today. Right? I know, right? Uh, it's called the Minty Orchard. Uh, the ingredients are four ounces of Angry Orchard crisp apple, one ounce vodka, half an ounce of creme de menthe, and a quarter ounce of lemon juice. Uh, shake and strain over ice in a rocks glass, and then top it off with some more Angry Orchard uh, and garnish with a mint sprig. That sounds good. Yeah, it's nice. not, not overly complicated, unlike some people on the show. Right. 
I mean, who could I, that I be? I just call it as I see it, man. Uh, that's fine. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the guilt where I deserve it, and I deserve okay. it. That's fine. Sure. Mr. Andy, what is your cocktail, sir? All right. So uh, remember those tiger's blood snow cones you used to get oh, as a yeah. kid? I remember. I remember. So this is a minotaur's blood uh, slush. Uh, take two cups of fresh strawberries and a cup of granulated sugar, a cup of water, one and a half teaspoons of coconut extract, puree the strawberries and uh, put put all of it in a medium saucepan, bring to a boil, reduce heat, simmer for 10 to 15 minutes until it's uh, thickened and reduced, uh, put it into a heat-proof container that you can easily pour into a glass, get yourself uh, some very, very thinly uh, crushed ice, pour that over it, and uh, pour in some sparkling water or uh, soda water of your choice, and enjoy. And that's the uh, Minotaur's blood. Mm, okay. So do you let the uh, simmer drink cool? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> well, you could melt your ice with it if you want to. No, but, or you could you could also puss out and just you know buy some tiger's blood extract at Walmart or off <laughs> Amazon or something. Cool. Does anybody else have anything else they want to bring up about this book before we go into final grades? You know, I, I, it was a lot of fun, and it's from the Skybound imprint from Image. So this is Robert Cookman's imprint of the company. Mm-hmm. So this is the same imprint that did our own Walking Dead and whatnot. So yeah. at first I'm like, oh. So from the imprint that brings you Walking Dead, at first I'm like, oh, it's going to be zombies with Lewis and Clark. And it is, but it's different enough at the same time. It it's not overly it dark. Sense. It's still kind of fun. And what I mean, yeah. Because the other thing to keep in mind about Skybound is that's also Invincible was done on that imprint yes, as well. By all you know? means. But I was just reading like zombies, Skybound. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> I keep coming back to how funny this book actually was. It was really dark and violent, but there was yeah. a lot of humor in it. And uh, especially yeah. the back and forth of, you know, the drinking game about the Minotaur is really going to get you because everyone keeps, they're not yeah. Minotaurs. They have buffalo heads or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Well, and of course, all these people seem to be experts on Minotaurs as well, which is always that really funny thing. It's like, well, no, but I thought the Minotaur was right. part, you know, like whatever. It's, Let me pull out my book yeah. of Greek myths that I just so, happened to bring on this adventure into the yeah. wilderness. Sure. Right. Like you. No, and I think it's fun. I think there's also, I mean, there's already some interesting character conflict built into it. So you can see when they go to the long haul, where there could be some interesting things, um, you know, colliding. Some of the the villains wanting to try to get their own, and you know, uh, the conflict between Lewis and Clark. I'm, I'm sure can reach ahead at some point in time as well. I mean, they're they're teamed up and they're buddies, but they have very different approaches to things, and I could see mm-hmm. that becoming a problem in the long run. Like there there's enough interesting things based out of these first few issues that you could see an interesting life for the run of this book, actually. Yes, absolutely, you know? and it's. It's very much, it's, um, the story in and of itself is satisfying and it leaves you wanting for more, but it doesn't feel like, th- and this whole thing was a setup for the next chapter. Yeah, so no, it, it's, it a, it's a good book on its well. own, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, if it had ended and been just its own thing, I think we probably would have been okay with it, and I think we're all happy that there's going to be more of it, Yeah. you know? So, so. I think that was very successful. So, no, I... I haven't said as much about it, but it's, you know, this was a lot of fun. It was a quick read, but enjoyable. I'll go read it again in a while, I bet. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, several of us are going to go get the other volumes and continue mm-hmm. reading this. So, yeah. well, cool. Uh, so let's head into final grades. 
Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking bummed. God, please, no! 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 So for our writer with the unfortunate name of Chris Dingus, kid, <laughs> is that uh, unfortunate, though? I mean, is Mr. The only Dingus name I, in the house? Yes, I, mean, I like, am. I just sometimes see those names and I just think that poor kid when he was in elementary school. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a. I had a, like a, I think it was like my second or third grade teacher would call people dinguses if they were doing something stupid. Sure. You know and what I mean? I, and we knew people in high school. I think the um, roughest one I knew personally in junior high, his last name was Testy. I knew a Balls. I knew a kid named Balls. And I think his dad's name was Harry, actually. See, and that's really rough. I went yeah. to uh, high school with a last name Packer, and his first name was Richard. Uh-huh. Oh, so, <laughs> and I'm like, parents don't think about these things. No, they don't. Yeah. But Dingus also, but if he's going by Dingus and he's an author or whatnot, in large part, it's a choice. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he could have done a nom de plume or a nom de plume, but yeah. did not. He chose not to, so he's owning Dingus. So good for you, Dingus. Yeah, Dr. Steve Brill says if you're going <laughs> to so, make a comic book, just change your name, Dingus. <laughs> uh, okay, so for Mr. Dingus, uh, what is your vote? Uh, we'll go with Andy. Oh, uh, I give this an A. Uh, I mean, I mentioned how funny it was, but, uh, you know, like Todd was saying about the, the characters and, and there were – everyone uh got some development i mean we think uh we really don't know that much about lewis and clark other than oh they went on this journey and whatever we don't think of them as individuals and this very Uh immediately started saying like no like the they're they're very different in their approach here and um i'd be very interested in uh, discussing with someone who knows a lot more about Lewis Clark how how this tracks um, because I know there's a lot of sordid history with uh, with that so it would be it would be interesting to learn that and so I, I was just enchanted by this and and thought you know it was uh, a, a lot of fun and even even the side characters got some development and got uh, you know stuff to do which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. So the one Lewis and Clark fact thing I do know is they've been doing studies. They can retrace their entire adventure they had because in their med kits, they had liquid mercury was used as a cure-all for what else you. So they can go oh, through. Oh, yeah, like you do. Like you do. So they can go through and they find the uh, mercury deposits from their um, leavings. And by searching and finding that, they can pretty much map out their entire trip. You mean their poop? Their poop. Their poop. That's right. They're, they're leaving. They're leaving. See, I, I like so I like how you're using sh- the euphemism as though this is like a G-rated <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, that euphemism was so clean, and I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, <laughs> you know, they're leaving, right? They're so sorry. They're shit. I was just nodding. Going, yeah, yeah, they're leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah thank like, you. I don't know about you, Mike, but I was thinking, like, did they spill some everywhere they went? Like, what's going on? I don't, so, I don't... They had to make water, and they're leavings and whatnot. So yeah, when they went hey, and they does the Lewis and Clark go poop in the woods? <laughs> they can still find it a hundred and fifty years later. Yes. 
That's awesome. So, Todd, I want you to write a children's book called <laughs> Lewis and Clark's Poop and Expedition. Like, that's what I want right now. Poopspedition. The Poopspedition of Lewis and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, Mr. Poopspedition, what is Shrek Ray? <laughs> I'm also giving it an A. All right, Poopspedition uh, spoke up. I didn't. I, I, I didn't think you were Mr. Poopspedition, but I'll, okay. He is cool. now. Well, I, figured, I said it. I thought you were talking to me about. It. Uh, no, I was. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, speaking of, nah, it's, uh, I'll tell that off there. Um, <laughs> oh do I want to know? I don't know if I want to know. Like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of alternate history uh, stories, and this this uh, left me wanting more in a very good way. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it an A. How are you sure it's an alternate history, man? That might be fake news. This might be the real history. It could be. Fake news. <laughs> Use a hoe. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Todd, what's your grade? Well, Mr. Not Poopspedition himself. You know, I give this a B plus. Once again, it was a lot of fun. It was funny. It was scary. It left me wanting more. It didn't change me, but I had a great time with it. B plus. Okay, um, I'm going to go with an A. I really dug this, um, and I thought it was, I mean, I definitely wanted to finish. I got the end of it and felt satisfied, but also wanted to read more, so I think that's... Uh, that's a pretty good compliment for the book. Um, and Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm at a B plus as well. I had a lot of fun with it. It was interesting. It was funny. It was quirky. Uh, and I do kind of want to know where the story goes, but I'm not like desperate to go out there and immediately get the second trade to, to find out what happens next. Uh, so then for art for, looks like Matthew Roberts and Owen, uh, someone want to help me with that last name? G-I-E-N-I. Genie. Genie? Let's go with Genie. Okay. Sure. Genie. Genie in a bottle. He can, he can come on the podcast and tell us how it's pronounced. Tell me, tell me, I'm wrong. Uh, that's that's fine. I, I just butcher names right so I, so constantly. I'm trying not to butcher them if I possibly can, but I'm just bad at it. So for yes, yeah, so for Matthew and Owen for their art, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Adam? I'll go with an A minus. I really like the art in this. It was really evocative. They did a great job of making these alien creatures and fungus come to life and make them actually scary. So. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I will also go with an A. I really dug this. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the art's cool. It's like it's a little cartoony, uh, which is fine. And I think, um, you know, it, it's not as highly detailed as some other books that you sometimes see. But I still uh, had enough details that uh, I think it really read really well. And it was really fun. And visually, it was uh, enjoyable. So, uh, Mr. Todd. So, have you guys seen the movie Dead Alive? The old Peter Jackson classic? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm flipping through this right now. There's this one sequence where it's got one of the zombie dudes just retching all over somebody else, and the guy's going gah, and it is uh, delightfully disgusting. And as I look at it, I'm going nope, 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 nope. So this artwork definitely does an emotional impact and gets uh, physical reactions out of me. So it's an A. I have a lot of fun with this one, uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm also at an A. Um, in addition to you know your, your standard like pencils and inks. I thought the mm-hmm. colors were really well done in this book, uh, especially when it did come to like the the green eyes and veins and everything in the the zombies. Um, yeah, just overall, I thought it was really well done. I'm giving it an A. Cool. And uh, Mr. Andy. Uh, same. Uh, same to especially what what Todd and Maya were saying. You know that that scene with the the zombie where he just 
you know, vomits green all over the guy. You're just like, oh, I, 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 I literally just like put the comic down. It's like, holy shit! All right, this this book is fun. And the same with the with the first splash panel where we saw the outline of the the dead, not Minotaur. I'm like, oh, holy crap! That's what's in this book. Okay, cool. And uh, I was. I, I really enjoyed how the art was paced, if that makes any sense. There there were just reveals as, as things kept going on and it helped build the world. Uh, there was also a really early page where uh, they come ashore and they're out picking flowers and someone picks up a flower and it looks like a skull. And you're just like, oh, that's not yeah. foreshadowing. That's awesome. <laughs> But it was also yeah. so beautiful. I'm like, someone really took the time mm-hmm. to really draw that and and color it just mm-hmm. right. Absolutely gorgeous in the way that uh, these uh, these infected animals, you know, looked where when they were infected with the zombie virus. It it was just really meticulous. Um, you can tell this this art. If it if it was rushed, it it certainly didn't look like it. Someone really took their time on this and really put a lot of effort into it. So, hey. Uh, so then we'll go for overall uh, grades. Um, I will go with an A because I've the average of my two together. I'm just gonna say it's an A. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really fun. I want to read more. Uh, Mr. Andy. A as well. Uh, that's that's my average. You can't say anything better about a comic than I immediately want to go and read the next one, and that's exactly where I'm at. And uh, Mr. Todd, Alphonse, oh, this up. It's an A. <laughs> so no, it was a whole lot of fun. And even like back to that art again, as Andy was talking, what this has really done is it's kind of a um, it fits in that art style with the uh, Americana kind of a thing going on with it as well so it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel it it feels i mean even though it's the west and whatnot there's quite the uh americana it's like that hudson river school look Uh uh-huh yeah yeah and really the it's the perfect choice i mean it's great there it was and it's very fitting this style would not have worked in europe or the european story or some of that other thing so no it was it was a great thing but yeah, I want to read the next one. It's I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it. At the end of the day, yeah. I'm reading this. It's like, why isn't this getting more coverage than it is? Probably. Well, apparently, it's on NPR. Say probably because it's an image book, and there's about a million n- new image number ones every month, and sometimes books fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Sure, but yeah, but this one's at least if this maintains its level of output and whatnot, I'm really I'd be really surprised it's not talked about more. So, yeah, yeah, I want to find out more. Cool. Uh, Mr. Maya? Uh, you know, I gave it an A to an art and A to story, so I'm, I'm at an A overall. Uh, I just thought it was a really good book. Uh, and Mr. Adam? I'll go with an A as well. I had a lot of fun with it. It's not, again, I'm not. I'm excited to see where it goes next. I'm not going to rush right out and, and get the next book. Well, it's free. But, um, no, it was fun. It was enjoyable for all the things you guys already said. Cool. Uh, so before we move on to uh, recommendations, uh, this is the end of our month of Andy Wilson books. Aww, uh, bye, uh, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, no, but 
Well, now you guys have to go read a bunch of books about sports, so I'm out. You're out? Oh, fine. You're more than welcome <laughs> to join us anytime the, you would like, the, Andy. The two that I, uh, the two that I know, uh, I've, or the two that I've read that, that are, we're doing next month, I really like. So, so uh, Okay, well, talk, talk me and I should come back for Southern Bastards. Okay. And, oh, and, Southern and Bastards I'll, is I'll come no, 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 the three yeah, that I've read, I forgot we're doing that. Okay, so the uh, so we're doing sports ball. My logic being that it's sort of the end of baseball season, and it's the beginning of like football season, and you're getting a little bit of basketball preseason in there. Um, soccer's still going on. There's a lot of sports still going on in September. So uh, college football starts up. Sports ball. So there's sports ball. So uh, episode 125, uh, beginning of the month, we're going to do Superman versus Muhammad Ali, um, a classic book that mm-hmm. has uh, been republished. Um, then we're going to do Southern Bastards, which I love. It's a uh, basically imagine. Uh, well, did you ever read uh, Scout? Yes. Okay, you read Scalped. So same writer as Scalped. Um, it's basically about a football coach who uses his older players as muscle and basically runs a mob that runs a small town. Is basically what in it is. In Alabama. In Alabama, yes. Oh, so it's a biography. Right. Uh, maybe. It's the area of the country where if your team loses, then the coach's house gets burned down at the end of the season. So, yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so that's so that's uh, Southern Bastards, um, and then uh, the next one's going to be Ringside, which was a recommendation from Maya. It's a, it's a pro wrestling book. Uh, it it deals with uh, like the main characters and and them coming up in the world of professional wrestling, and some that have been there for a while, and uh, not real people, not real characters, of course, but the shitty things that happen and it's a really cool book it's uh i think you'll like it and then the last one is a book called mara have you read this one maya i have not i didn't even hear about i hadn't even heard about it until you had mentioned it when we were figuring out the books yeah so basically um all i know is it's it's a a book about a professional volleyball player um but uh written by the guy in the future dmz oh brian wood oh is it oh yeah that's right so yeah yeah brian wood wrote it i've got it it was good oh Okay, so yeah, so uh, so have you read it before, Todd? Yeah, I've had it for about a year. Oh, really? I've okay, had so it for about a year. Me, me, me. I love you. Give me a kiss. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, uh, okay. <laughs> and then after that, we're going to be doing Halloween three. Uh, I don't have an electric boogaloo thing for Halloween three, uh, so we'll yeah, have to come ha- up ha- with Halloween in three D. Halloween in three D. Yes. yes. Uh, we have five books in the month of October, so uh, we'll get to do five Halloween books. So, All right. um, anyway, so yeah, so if Mr. Andy wants to come back and join us for any of those, he is always welcome. Uh, Southern, I mean, you live in I just got to say, I don't think Superman versus Muhammad Ali is a fair fight. I mean, <laughs> read the book and you'll, you'll... Ali in three rounds, he's the greatest of all time on soups. That's just right. hang up, hang up your cape, man. Well, you know, <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. So, uh, I don't, maybe that, we'll, that we'll was see. Done by, by Neil Adams. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, the famous Neil Adams. So, we're getting a little classic literature in here, so you know, which will be exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, who has recommendations? Uh, I don't have. I don't have anything week. actually this week. I might next I've, time. Really? Right, so I've got something here. So okay, as I've been going through, and you know, I'm getting some life changes coming up here this next year. Going uh-huh. through, but there's a book called Through the Woods Stories by Emily Carroll. It is a graphic novel. It's meant for the teen audience and it's put out by Simon and Schuster. So this is not your typical comic right here. It is um, four short stories, a bit of the macabre, but the coloring on this book is some of the most um, 
artistic, well thought out, and gorgeous I have ever read. Okay. So it really is quite fantastic. Um, once again, it's called Through the Woods. The introduction, I'll just do a quick read of the introduction of the story here because it's a lot of fun and it doesn't take long. Hold on. It says, when I was little, I used to read before I slept at night and I read by the light of a lamp clipped to the headboard, stark white and bright against the darkness of my room. I dreaded turning it off. What if I reached out just past the edge of the bed and something waiting there? Flip the page grabbed me and pulled me down into the dark. Then that's the start of the book. That's nice. I mean, it's just great, fun little read, and I really love the artwork and everything else, and it's fantastic. So, yeah. You're going to horrify your daughter with that. Dude, I have bought, like, all of the Neil Gaiman kids' books. (laughs) I've got a Lewis Carroll um, cardboard book for the alphabet. So it's like, oh, it's a cardboard alpha of that book. And like, why the fuck is there a seven-syllable word with the letter E beginning with it? But it's the way it is. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be something else. So yeah, there's that. There is no hope for your kid not being a nerd. I'm just putting it out there right now. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, and we're playing games. Like, do we give our kids such a name that they, like, it's a built-in meter for your teacher's intelligence? Yeah. No. Yeah, don't do that. Your kid's already going to be the smartest kid in the room anyway. There's no need to make them feel like they're smarter than their teacher, too. Well, that's true. Well, well, since we are missing a couple of uh, recommendations, I have two. Mm -hmm. Um, One of which is a comic book called Grass Kingdom, which is by Matt Kint. Um, It is about uh, basically a small town that kind of protects their own and is a little bit set off of an actual official town. They have some siblings who are actually in the real town, and so there's a little bit of a, a battle and a rivalry going on between you know this sort of uh, compound and uh, the uh, the actual real town, and it all kind of starts some trouble when um, the wife of the sheriff of the real town runs away from him and ends up at uh, the Grass Kingdom, and they start doing some investigation on you know the, the Grass Kingdom's past as to uh, how certain things went down. I've read the first two volumes of it. I believe the third's supposed to come out soon. Um, but uh, it was recommended to me because I am a, a fan of Jeff Lemire, mm-hmm. and uh, the writer uh, has done has he has a similar writing style to Jeff Lemire. Uh, he has also followed up. Um, that's part of the reason why I'm reading Frankenstein: Agent of Shield. Uh, he takes over that run after that as well. Um, and then my other recommendation is actually recommended to me by a friend of mine. Uh, my buddy Doug plays. Uh, base for air supply so he's touring a lot yes they still tour a lot i was surprised as well um and so he's in airports all the time and he's bounced around the country and this was something he's found that is kind of interesting that he does and it's uh, it's called duolingo mm-hmm. and it's an app that helps you learn other languages um and so basically you it you set a goal and like it will remind you and so i log in for 10 minutes every day and i play little games and i'm trying to learn uh japanese and spanish spanish because i live in southern california and japanese because i like anime and things like that and i thought it'd be kind of cool to learn japanese you nerd. Um, yeah i know thank you todd uh anyway <laughs> so yeah so uh so yeah so anyway so it's been really enjoyable the funny thing about it is is they also you can learn klingon on it um which i signed up for but it doesn't pronunciate it for me um which like sucks like only being able to read klingon i don't think does anyone any good uh so uh I'm seeing if I can figure out how to fix that glitch so I can try to learn Klingon as well. But uh, I just so, love Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon. That's so good. Yeah, there's also there's a language in about, um, uh, Game Lord of Thrones Lord. as well. What is that language? Dothraki. It's not Dothraki. There's another one though. Let me. I can look it up and see. Oh, there's all sorts of. Um, 
They also, you can learn, what is it? High Valerian? Yes, that's what it is. Oh. Just click on this High Valerian, uh, Czech, Romanian, Swahili, Greek, Hungarian, Vietnamese, Hebrew, Welsh, Polish, uh, nice. Russian, Ukrainian, Norwegian, Esperanto, Turkish, uh, Swedish, Danish, Irish, Dutch, uh, Portuguese, Italian, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, German, French, and Spanish. And the funny thing is, living in Southern California, I know way more Spanish than I expected. The Spanish one's been by far the easier one. Uh, the, the the Japanese has not been nearly as easy as the Spanish has been, but how it goes. So, All right. anyway, those are my two recommendations. And Mr. Andy, do you have any recommendations? Uh, I do. Uh, first, I, I so I'm going to do a little bit of self-promotion here. The first bit of self-promotion, um, I want to talk about Adam for one second. I... Like, okay, so Adam and I started doing the Board as Hell podcast like two some odd years ago, and it's been really tough to get out episodes over the last like year or so since a lot of uh, we've had a lot of changes in our lives and schedules. And in the meantime, Adam, I think that you have put together like one of the most amazing podcasts in Cinema Queens. And one of the things that I think. Like, like bored as hell. I love it because I love hanging out with you. But it's like we're we're just we're just oh, talking yeah. about movies. There's no like edge to it. There's no um, specific lens on it other than two people who know a lot about movies talking about movies. Okay, mm-hmm. talking about queer cinema and talking about cinema through a queer lens. We need more of that out there. And you and Chris do such a great job. And you bring up mainstream movies, you bring up Oscar movies, you bring stuff you've heard of, you bring stuff you've never heard of. It's hilarious. It's filthy. And um, I I just love that podcast. And if you want a good one to start off with, uh, it'll be a little more than a month ago now. Go back and listen to Adam's episode about Nanette by Hannah Gatsby. Yes, that was was my favorite episode we've done today. And and watch and watch Nanette, of course. Um, but um, y'all do such a great job with that, and I love that podcast. So everyone, like, I know we don't have many new episodes of Bored as Hell out. We will eventually figure that out. <laughs> but until then, yeah. <laughs> until then, please, please, please uh, listen to Cinema Queens. In the meantime, yeah. In oh, the meantime, I've also got another side project that I've been working on. Um, with uh, a guy who's actually my best friend since high school whose name is jb and i don't know nothing about doing podcasts that way and uh (laughs) and 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 we just had this epiphany that like you know the world kind of sucks right now and people need to think about things that are better and things that are great and we found ourselves arguing one day about uh, whether Depeche Mode belonged in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or not. And I'm like, yeah, Depeche Mode isn't rock and roll, but they're great. Why isn't there another Hall of Fame for whatever, however you want to classify it? Why do you need to say this is rock and roll, this isn't rock and roll. Like, NWA is in there, Depeche Mode is in there. They're not necessarily rock, but they are great music. So what if instead 
we created in our own minds a a a palace to greatness where everyone curated their own best of and there are always going to be people who are left off of uh, left out of halls of fame for various reasons either uh, political or uh, because of bias and and other things or maybe they were just really obscure but are in fact great the other thing that i also wanted to talk about is that there are obscure and mundane things that can also be great greatness can be just you know being kind to people it can be running a nonprofit to take care of animals it can be all sorts of things and I, we wanted to find a way to highlight yes our favorite in in movies and music and books and video games and and everything but also talk about what is great out in the world as a counterbalance to everything that is bad. So uh, that is the Hall of Greatness. By now, it should be out on iTunes and available wherever fine podcasts are sold. You can find it at thehallofgreatness.com and uh, hopefully uh, have a listen. Uh, as, a, as a preview, our first four episodes are uh, a pilot episode where we talk about what this is that we're trying to do. Uh, our second episode is about live music and what makes a good live album. Uh, the third episode is what what is greatness? What defines what greatness really is? And our fifth episode, uh, I actually do it, do it with my daughter, and we talk about two of her favorite video games, Doki Doki Literature Club and Undertale. And it is mega obscure and really fun. So uh, we'll also be doing some some various other things. Uh, we're we're going to talk about Steven Spielberg. We're going to talk about uh, Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, and uh, all sorts of other things. Uh, and hopefully have a, a bunch of uh, guests on there talking about the things that they love as well. So come check out the hall of greatness andy i just need to say the dulcet tones that come out of you i could listen to you all day long i agree with that oh thank you 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 have an amazing podcast voice andy i totally understand yes oh yeah so that's thank you i appreciate that yes no that sounds awesome same here yeah if you ever if you ever need a volunteer for guests i will volunteer as tribute yeah yeah all all of you all of you we definitely need to have you on and, and talk about various things that each of you love like individually and Possibly the more obscure and more awesome, the better. So okay, I'll, I'll be think thinking about that. About I, did that. Do, Let's uh-huh. I did do one guest episode on Cinema Queens, and I thoroughly enjoyed that experience as well. So we like having you there too. Fun. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I'm still I, supposed to guest on Cinema Queens. There's there's at least two in the pipeline that I'm, I'm uh-huh. earmarked for sure. at some point in time. Same. But no, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'd love to do that. Same. We have to talk about latter days. And and I can give my oh yeah <laughs> we are we are going to do that in that movie yeah. so so at some point I've actually seen that one yeah isn't Joseph Gordon Levitt in that movie yeah 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 yes, he's he plays one of the uh, the companion yeah. missionaries yeah he's kind of an asshole in it yeah. if I remember correctly uh he kind of is but he has a redeeming turn at the end kind of like so yeah kind of kind redeeming of. so my Amy loves Joseph Gordon Levitt until she saw the movie Don John oh yeah oh yeah. That actually really turned her off to him, going, so he directed this? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, huh. <clears throat> I've never seen someone lose a crush that quick. That was kind I of- have. 
So yeah, so check out the Hall of Greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, also check out Cinema Queens, and if you haven't already, there's always uh, English Class Hooligans, and of course, Bored as Hell. Hi, Andy. Um, Hi, Andy. Uh, thanks again for joining us uh, this month, Andy. Really appreciate it, and uh, thank you for the fine recommendations that you provided us with. Uh, (laughs) and hopefully we get you back here soon yeah this was so much fun i I really love this and and i uh you know i i'm really glad to have been able to revisit old books that i've read before discover new books like manifest destiny this was awesome thank you so much if nothing else this might have to be an annual thing we might just have to earmark august as andy wilson month every year and you can just pick all the books I don't know if I can take that much responsibility. <laughs> we could me. call it the Maybe. August Whoa. Wilson month. <laughs> that, that's a different thing entirely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Oh, also, thank you, William, for your lovely email. Uh, by all means, if you guys have any suggestions for uh, drinking game rules for the actual full show, please email them to us. Uh, so far, I have uh, my list of show drinking games is uh, if Mr. Porg makes an appearance, uh, there's a Manny Bothhands reference, the Shame Bell appears, uh, the Cum Dumpster is referenced, and or the Member Berries are referenced, because I've noticed we do that a lot as well. So, member? Yeah. Member? I remember. Yeah, that uh, was so, yeah, so uh, <laughs> if you think of anything else or you spot anything else, by all means, let us know, and uh, we'll add it to our list, and I'll probably be, by the time this episode comes out, hopefully I will have posted that list on our website. Um, and, uh, yeah, feel free to help us add to it. Uh, thanks so much, and we will talk to you later. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.